thought-provoking and there's thought behind it and there's great writing in rap as well. You're listening to the Poetry Playground. To fully understand poetry, we must first be fluent with its meter, rhyme, and figures of speech. Is a poem a little machine? A firework? An echo? A dream? There's thought and there's intelligence and there's reason and logic behind it, then maybe you have to deal with everything like that. Poetry is a set of techniques, ways of making patterns that put emotions into words. The more techniques you know, the more things you can make. Me, me, we. Poems are easy to share, easy to pass on, and when you read a poem, you can imagine someone's speaking to you or for you. With your hosts, Simon Shaw and Cassie Hottenstein. We can go to poems when we want to remember something. And once these questions have been answered, determining the poem's greatness becomes a relatively simple matter. They would say, well, this is genius. Hi friends, and welcome to the Poetry Playground with Cassie Hartenstein. And Simon Shaw. This is episode two. How are you doing, Cassie? Great. All right, we have a great episode for you guys today. Uh, but first, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, you can catch me on shawsomeproductions.wordpress.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow Cassie. Where can you follow Cassie on Instagram? Lavender Owl T. At Lavender Owl T. Nice. Do you say owl with one syllable or two syllables? Oh, owl. Owl. Uh, oh. Kind of one and a half syllables. Is there a half syllable? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we can make one up. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. The owls are not what they seem. The owls. The owls. Owls. You usually do say it with one syllable. How do you say it with one syllable? Owl. Owl. It's like you're saying owl, like an alligator. How do you say owl? Owl. You say it with two syllables. Okay. Yeah, because well. like... W is supposed to be two U's, so right. owl. <laughs> owl. Okay, so folks, you can follow her at Lavender Owl T. Okay, got that? <laughs> two syllables, everybody. Remember, two syllables, owl. Okay, uh, you can listen to us on Anchor FM. That is the best place to upload and market podcasts. Well, in the last episode, I thought we gave everyone a really cool writing prompt, didn't we? Yeah. What was our prompt again? It was so good that I totally did it. No, you liar. <laughs> Such a liar. Oh. I wrote a list poem. Uh, it's not terribly good. It needs some work, so I'm not going to share it yet until I've got it worked into a more uh, complete state. <clears throat> but we did ask people to share their list poems, and we don't think we got any in. I thought maybe people got intimidated by the uh, by the task. I know I did, and <laughs> I said the task. You're the one that found the bloody <laughs> prompt to begin with. Sheesh. I'm sorry. Well, anywho, the prompt was write a simple list of things. Create a poem uh, based on a list of things. If you guys are intimidated, let's share some more examples with you so you're not intimidated. Uh, in fact, uh, Cass and I were talking about it earlier, and we found that Walt Whitman's poem, I Hear America Singing, is actually a list poem. I didn't even think about it that way, but it's literally a list of American singing. 
Uh, here's a little bit of an example. <clears throat> I hear America singing. The varied carols I hear. Those of mechanics, each one singing his, as it should be blithe and strong. The carpenter singing his, as he measures his plank or beam. The mason singing his, as he makes ready for work, or leaves off work. The boatman singing, the shoemaker singing, the woodcutter's song, the delicious singing of the mother, etc., etc. So the whole poem is really based on uh, uh, a list of different uh, quintessential American voices singing out, and Whitman is hearing and recording them. And I totally think that's why people would be intimidated, though. Because that was more than just a list. It actually thought about what each person's roles are in American society. So. Okay, true. Well, I mean, that's that's taking the list form and then elevating to the next level. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, our listeners don't have to go to that extent. You can just have fun writing a basic list. Like, I'm, for example, I'm considering writing a list poem, which is... Um, a serial killer's shopping list at Walmart. <laughs> I think that could be a fun little poem to, to play around with. Speaking of poetic forms, uh, do you have any particular forms that you like to write, or are you more of a free verse kind of writer? Free verse is a form. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, yes. Technically, yes. Free verse itself is a form. But, I, I mean, do you do you ever like to write in sonnets, villanelles couplets you do you like to get more no into the weeds with form no 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 honestly i only write forms when i need to practice some poetic technique ah. i totally sound like a pretentious asshole but i swear i'm not <laughs> but there's so much more i feel that you can do with free verse yeah. with just the sounds you know, I, I'll use a form if I want to practice rhyming or something, but I'd rather break the rules than use them. Kind of like how okay. E. Cummings wrote free verse sonnets. I mean, they were all mm. sonnets, just <laughs> incredibly not punctuated or capitalized. Yeah, so. kind of deconstructed in a yes, sense. Yes, yes. I guess for me, I, I do prefer free verse for the most part. Although every once in a while, I do like to play with forms. I do like to write villanelles every once in a while. And I'm a big fan of acrostics. Everyone, oh God. if you know me, you know I love me some acrostics. He loves him some acrostics. But now we want to hear from you, our faithful listeners. What is your favorite poetic form to write? Do you have a favorite form to write or read for that matter? Share that with us. Now, before we get into our main discussion for the podcast... A quick little PSA on pandemic health guidelines. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. So, Cassie, you doing your part? Are you keeping your mask on when you're outside? Are you washing your hands frequently? Yes. Yeah. And are you disinfecting? Yeah. 
uh, frequently uh, touch surfaces? Yes. Good. All right. <clears throat> that takes us to our main segment. Our main discussion for this podcast, poets and their day jobs, how to produce art and a paycheck at the same time. I know I've had some struggles with this, being a, uh, a poet and also uh, working a number of other jobs. Yeah, what do you think, Cassie? So funny enough, Walt Whitman was a volunteer nurse for during the Civil War. Um, he visited about 100,000 soldiers from both sides, uh, Confederate and Union. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But, of course, he was a volunteer nurse, so he didn't even paid for his work there either. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So Whitman was a nurse during the Civil War. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Burns, uh, he was a tax collector. William Carlos Williams, he was a doctor, right? I think that's one of the more famous ones. William right. Carlos Williams did a lot of people watching mm -hmm. while he was a doctor. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's a good place to, to, to get material for your poetry, that's right. for sure. Uh, yeah, he would go around to people's homes. He was a traveling doctor. <laughs> that's so cool. When's the last time you heard of a traveling doctor? Uh, when I learned about William Carlos Williams in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Bukowski, uh, he was a postal clerk. Oh, right. Um, Wallace Stevens, he worked in insurance. <laughs> uh, Philip Larkin was a university librarian. And you know what T.S. Eliot did? What, what did T.S. Eliot do? He was a banker. He was in banking. <laughs> That's almost as boring as his poems. No, I'm kidding. Ooh, no, 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 I'm kidding. I actually love his poems. <laughs> no, 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 I guess where you're going, but yeah. I love them because they're boring. <laughs> Ooh, high praise from Cassie. <laughs> I love your work because it sucks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Catherine Larson. All right, check out this badass. Catherine Larson, she not only uh, was a poet, but also a molecular biologist. Right. Uh, Monica Yoon, NPR, uh, works as an NPR news poet and is also a lawyer. Uh, Maya Angelou, she was the first black streetcar conductor. In San Francisco, if I remember correctly. In San Fran. Isn't that cool? I, I, you know, I didn't know about this until I was doing research for this segment, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Anne Sexton, uh, the one of the uh, famous confessional poets, for a friend of uh, Sylvia Plath. Uh, Anne Sexton, she was a model and a lingerie sales, uh, I, saleswoman. I totally see that. Yeah. I mean, Anne Sexton. Whew. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what have some of your struggles with, with writing and earning a living been like? Um, well, my fr freshman year creative writing class in college, my professor basically said, you're not in creative writing because you want to make a paycheck. And I was like, yep, sounds right to me. <laughs> so, wow. um, you know, I've never been paid for my writing except for you know one or two times where i got to split donations at a poetry event but yeah mm -hmm. no you, you don't make money as a writer that's tough i mean i've got a couple of self-published books on amazon uh miasmic is me and the last love letters you can find them in ebook format wink wink nudge nudge um and aside from you know uh being one of the um 
hosts for the Mercury Cafe, one of the local uh, poetry open mics, and you know being on the scene, it's it's been tough. You know, I've had to uh, uh, make ends meet doing other things. Uh, for a long time, I was a rideshare driver, and that was pretty good actually. I was making a pretty good living, and I could uh, arrange my time so I could write pretty much whenever I wanted. But man, the pandemic has freaking killed that. Before the pandemic started and I was working full time, I rarely, rarely had time to write, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I've written more during the pandemic than I wrote <laughs> last all last year. Um, and so that's another thing as well, is you're trying to balance uh, making a living and, you know, doing all the stuff you're quote unquote supposed to be doing, like saving for retirement, health insurance, crud like that. True. Um, <laughs> there's no time yeah. to write. It's it's like, how much do you want to sacrifice? Yeah, to follow that dream. Because I know that is our primary dream, is to be, uh, to be writers and uh, to work as writers. Yeah. yeah. No, the starving artist trope is very true. But be not discouraged, our faithful listeners. Sometimes it just takes perseverance to make that breakthrough and get onto the scene. Now stick around because we're going to have a really fun writing prompt after a very short commercial break. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started now. And Anchor FM is where you can find this podcast and our previous episode. Now, before we conclude our podcast, we would like to share another fun writing prompt. And this one is a really cool one. So for your writing prompt, we want you to... Get someone to tell you a secret or just make one up yourself and write a poem about that secret. So ask someone to tell you or make up a secret? Yes. That is a really cool prompt. I like that idea. Uh, Here's even a, a little example we found from Emily Dickinson. The reticent volcano keeps his never slumbering plan. Confided are his projects pink to no precarious man. If nature will not tell the tale Jehovah told to her, can human nature not survive without a listener? Admonished by her buckled lips, let every babbler be. The only secret people keep is immortality. I really like that poem. And definitely as an example of a secret. Yeah. I feel like the secret is ourselves, that the only way to keep yourself alive after you're dead is to be great enough for people to talk about you when you're gone. So Mm. the secret would be your name. And that's the secret that people keep. Oh, that's very cool. I really like that interpretation. That is a really cool prompt. And I am definitely going to try to write from that prompt. You going to try to write this prompt this time? Yeah. Really? Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I'm going to hold you to that. All right. So now, guys, we want you to go out and try writing your own. Again, the prompt is ask someone to tell you or make up a secret. 
and write a poem from that prompt. You've been listening to the Poetry Playground with your hosts, Simon Shaw and Cassie Hottenstein. Check us out on Anchor FM and ShawsomeProductions.wordpress.com. And you can look for Cassie's work on Instagram at LavenderOwlT. That's owl. With two. Two syllables. syllables. <laughs> A W. <laughs> Be well and remember the sage words of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic. Towels. <laughs> <laughs>